The following is brought to you by Braided Media. Hi, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of the Narratives of Purpose podcast. My name is Claire Mrigande, and I am your host on this show. On this podcast, I bring you inspiring individual stories of ordinary people who are making extraordinary social impact in their communities all around the world. And hopefully, I can inspire you to take action. This week, we continue our Tech for Good series with a second episode focusing on educational technology. And today's guest is Jade Lee. Jade is the founder and the CEO of an edtech startup based in Mauritius called Catapult. Catapult designs and hosts workshops in robotics and programming for children from ages 6 to 18. In our conversation today, we talk about empowering the next generation with relevant skills to tackle new challenges and also empowering them with creative confidence. Please take a moment to rate and review our show by subscribing on your favorite podcast app, wherever you listen to your podcast. But now, have a listen to Jade's passion to create game-based learning experiences for children. Hi, Jade. Welcome to the show. Hello, Claire. Um, Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be on the show with you. I'm really grateful that you're able to join me today and that we'll be speaking about EdTech, specifically your startup, Catapult. And there's one thing I just wanted to mention before we start is on your LinkedIn profile, there is something I really liked in your description. So you basically say that you are empowering tomorrow's change makers through technology. And this is basically going to be the heart of our conversation today. But before we start into that, please, you know, Share with our listeners a little bit of your background and introduce yourself. Um, so I'm Jade, and um, before uh, starting Catapult, which is an edtech startup, I used to be an engineer and I used to design medical devices, and that's what I did for my job. And uh, what really prompted the switch was that I, uh, throughout the years working, I had discovered that um, there was a gap in the skills that graduates had as they came into the job market. That really prompted the, the thinking in my head, oh, okay, could I make a difference in this field? And um, that's when I decided to start Catapult. And what Catapult essentially is, is that it empowers the youth of today with the right skills for the careers of tomorrow. We uh, teach them digital skills and we do that in a fun and engaging way, mostly through games. And we teach them with the right skills that they would need uh, for their future careers. So you say that you teach them d- digital skills and uh, you focus on, so there's this acronym that, you know, we hear more and more, which is STEAM, S-T-E-A-M, which stands for Science, Technology, Engineering, Arts and Mathematics. So tell me a bit more about why are you targeting this specific skill sets and another you know, part of my question is that I've actually mostly heard about STEM, so without the A, and now I hear more and more about STEAM with the A. So where's the difference there? So the difference between STEM and STEAM is the A, as you mentioned, and the A means arts. And we see that as um, we progress in our uh, technological world, we see that it's more and more important to be able to think creatively, because that's something that 
computers and machines cannot do. And we as human need to leverage on our strength, which where we can be creative. And creativity doesn't necessarily have to mean in the form of necessarily like traditional creativity in the form of art or anything. It could be through storytelling. It could be through animation. It could be through um, even thinking creatively, uh, thinking of creative solutions to a problem. This is the main difference and including arts in it also enable us to bridge this gap between art and technology and how we do that in our workshops at Catapult is that we uh, implement storytelling through uh, the teaching. So the children embark on a story and they have uh, a hero or mascot that they can look up to and then they go through this journey with this mascot. And they can also craft their own story. And as they go along, they have the power to build their own characters, build their own story and change the narrative and build their own. And while doing that, when they create their own characters, they can draw, they can uh, animate. And this is where we bridge this gap between art and technology. They had also recently a conversation with another edtech startup founder. And it seems to me that storytelling is kind of a key component in this way of learning for children, because you're also integrating that. And there's something you just mentioned there that's, you know, they create their own story as well. They're not like listening or watching to a story, but they're very active in that. So is that something that you intentionally incorporated in your tool? For us at, at Catapult, it's very important that the youth uh, are not just passive consumers of digital uh, content, right? And we want them to be very much active online. We want them to be able to create things and use this time productively to be able to create their own narrative and really essentially have this mindset of that they are able to invent the world that they live in and really change the world that they live in because they they have the power to do so. And it's just about setting the right environment and giving them the right guidance with the right amount of, I guess, challenge, but also difficulty, but just the right amount so that it's not too hard, but at the same time, it's, it's achievable and that they are empowered to create things online. Coming back to the science and technology part. So from what I understood when I looked at your, your website, so Catapult is in the form of holiday camps, and you basically have two different, right? You have the science camp and the coding camp, and within the coding camp, you seem to have also two different levels. So can you walk me through uh, exactly what is the offering and which age groups of children you're working with? So we have two different camps. As you mentioned, we have the science camp, and this one is for uh, six to eight-year-olds. So if you're six to eight-year-old um, and... You, you're curious and you want to learn about science, that's the perfect camp. There are no prerequisites. There are no like prior knowledge that you need. Uh, it's very beginner level. And what the camp is centered around is centered around our squishy circuits kit, which is uh, a kit to learn about electricity with uh, Play-Doh. So you build your own car uh, creatures and characters with the Play-Doh. You can build your own dinosaur, your own... Uh, whale and you have your googly eyes you put on top of your play-doh and as you do this you can then bring them to life with light and sound because it's conductive play-doh so you connect them to electrical components and then you can make light and sound and I guess bring them to life and also create a story around them. 
Wow, that sounds amazing. And that's for eight to six-year-olds. So as you, uh, when you register for the science camp, you get your kit and uh, you register for one whole week with us. And that's two hours a day with us for the whole week, Monday to Friday. And then the second type of offering is our coding camp. And as you mentioned, within the coding camp, there are two levels. There's the starter level and then there is the explorer level. And uh, starter is for complete beginners. So it's for any kid who is between eight to 13. And um, in this um, camp, what you learn are the really the basics of um, coding. So you learn uh, the conditionals, the loops, um, the functions, the variables, and you, with what you learn, you learn how to make uh, animations and um, mini video games. That could be recreating something like Minesweeper and where you're shooting, it's like a shooting game. Uh, you could recreate something like a maze as well. And you learn how to create buttons for your game and how to be, you are able to then control your, uh, your character or your actor on the screen. And so that's for um, starter level. So you no prerequisites whatsoever. And it's the same format. So it's over a week and it's Monday to Friday and it's three hours a day. And then um, the second level is the explorer level. And that you need to, um, essentially, if you've done the starter level with us, you can now move on to the explorer level. And in the explorer level, you go ahead and you learn more in depth. You learn how to make... Uh, more complex video games. You learn how to make uh, platformer games, a, a bit like Super Mario kind of thing, where you walk through a platform, you have objects to collect and you have obstacles to avoid. And uh, you can build this type of game and really spin around and make your own. Um, I've seen some really interesting characters throughout uh, the time that we've been uh, we've been having our camps. And it's some. One time I saw um, one of the kids made Abraham Lincoln, but in a grape, like it was Graham Lincoln. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's interesting, like the way that they think and the way that they um, design their characters and their game. Yeah, that sounds really fascinating. <laughs> it's As you say, they're very creative. So I, I was wondering, you know, from your whole experience with all these different camps and all the different um, games that you've seen the children create. Do you have any highlights or things that for you kind of stood out and were really like, you know, remarkable? I think one of the things that I'm really surprised by all the time, I'm not surprised, but I'm very proud of them because of the resilience that they show. Um, learning how to code is not easy and it has its own set of challenges. But every time um, I'm just amazed at how resilient they are and how really they take on challenges. Even the when we moved um, to a more online format, they, yes, they were a bit frazzled at the beginning. They didn't really know how to uh, set up their computers. But as we progress through the week, you can really see that they take on challenges. They are resilient. They are empowered to create and they are not afraid. And do you know why is that? It stems from the fact that we really take the time to craft this learning experience for them. And we understand that not every child will go at the same pace because this is something completely new. And some will go faster, some will go slower. And we really cater for that in our um, now camps because 
we have um, like tutorials that we've already prepared for them. But if you're far, a bit faster, then you can uh, tackle other like extra tutorials. But if you're a bit slower, it's okay because you only have to do these tutorials to be able to complete the camp. Um, and that's one of the aspects. Second, I think, is the way that we deliver our camp is through games. And we'll explain the different things through games. So we'll, we'll explain maybe angles or even conditionals uh, through games. We'll do that through um, a rap. And we'll ask the children to rap. And we'll say, uh, you can rap about a conditional. For example, it could be like, if today is a Monday, I go to school or else I don't go to school or something like that. And they'll like make a creative rap about it. And through all these like little challenges and these little games, I, I think that they, they're empowered to create. And because they can see that we're here to help them and we care about their learning process and we show that through by helping them and taking in their questions and um, really also prompting them how to think and asking them the right questions to so that they are able to um, independently create their games. Um, because of that, they feel empowered and then they are not afraid. And as a result, uh, they create really awesome games. I'd like to come back then to the, to the startup and to, to your, your organization and your structure. I remember the first time we spoke, you told me that you were an, an all-female team. Um, was that intentional or did this just happen? No, it wasn't intentional, no. But I think it just happened because I started this journey alone and I was the only founder. And as I looked for a co-founder, like a business partner, I stumbled upon another woman and it wasn't intentional or anything, but I think we just clicked and we were aligned on the vision and the mission of this company. And we, um, we just took it from there. And then our first employee is an educator that we hired and she also happens to be a woman. And that also wasn't intentional, but we really struggled to find her because of the way that things are here in Mauritius is because we're delivering somewhat innovative content around coding. And that's not something that any educator can do or any educator is willing to learn how to do. And somehow we found, we found this amazing lady who used to be a psychology and English teacher and who now wants to embark on this journey with us and who is willing to learn and really uh, upskill herself to be able to deliver our camps and uh, build our curriculum. No, it wasn't intentional, but it just so happened like that. So you said that it's it was a bit difficult to find the right person, this educator. Did you face other major challenges while you were building your startup? I'm, I'm thinking right now, for instance, about funding. How did that go? So right now at the stage we're at, we've received um, funding, but minor funding and we are able to uh, do sales to sustain our operations but that doesn't uh, enable us to grow and the plan is for us to build an online digital platform and where children will be able to uh, experience our camps but through this platform and it's more self-based and it's game-based so the platform will be called make and it's a game it's a 
game slash learning platform where you embark on and there are different paths. And while you're on the different paths, you can learn different skills. And at the end of each path, you would have achieved mastery of a specific skill. And that could be a skill like coding. That could be a skill like maths. It will depend on what path you decide to take. And in order to build that, we need funds. And that's something we're currently figuring out. Uh, and really, at the stage we're at, it's mostly like pre-seed uh, round that we need to do. And um we're right in the middle of it now. So we've listed out some investors that we could potentially reach out to. We started working on our pitch deck and we started um, doing market sizing to know where um, we could expand. Here in Mauritius, the startup landscape is not very, it's just starting out, right? It's not as well structured as other places might be. There isn't... um, lots of VCs or lots of um, angels or things like that. So we're trying to navigate that along with trying to reach out to investors that might not necessarily be based here in Mauritius as well. From what I understand, the scene is new and it's probably not that advanced, but are you connected to some other, I don't know, innovation hubs or or things like that on the African continent? Because I I believe this is the closest you you can get to other major structures. And how how is that? Actually, like right now, uh, we're doing a program, an acceleration program with an accelerator called Turbine here in Mauritius. And... um, and the program is six months and in the six months really it's like gearing up towards fundraising so that's one thing in 2019 i did another uh, acceleration program uh, it was a one-week boot camp with a, an accelerator called Her, and it was an all-female accelerator heavily focused on impact so these are the two experiences that I've had with like innovation hubs and um, organizations of this sort. As you say, what you offer is quite innovative in Mauritius. And overall, from what I you know observe from, from where I am here in Switzerland, I also see this scene of edtech really, you know, starting up and I see many different initiatives, you know, individuals or or smaller organization really, you know, jumping into that space because the need is there. And, and the potential is, is big as well. So what I'd like to know is from your perspective, you know, how do you see this evolving on one hand in terms of the technology? You also have an engineering background. You know what new technology might come to us or to the children very soon in, in that space. And on another hand, how these types of technology will be incorporated within the education system at large. I think from what we've seen, uh, we see more and more of um, technological advances. We see that we're progressing into more of a gig economy. We see that this technology is changing every day. And from my experience, the, the younger you are, the better it is when you start learning about technology and being familiar with it. But I guess the technology itself doesn't matter because it's changing every day. The programming languages are changing every single day and uh, it's more advanced. It's uh, If this year you're learning a specific programming language, in two years you might learn something else because we've progressed to another platform. And that's why for me, it's, Im- it's important to know the different languages, but it's more important to know 
how to think and how to apply the languages and the logic reasoning behind it. And that's essentially what is more important to me. And the fact of teaching kids how to think and how to think critically, how to ask the right questions and how to also think creatively and challenge their um, creativity and not really um, be limited by what they've seen or what they've heard before. That to me is the most important aspect. And I think because um, our educational system and at large and everywhere in the world needs to prepare the kids and that's our duty to prepare these kids for their future and so that they are able to then integrate the workforce later and so that they have the relevant skills. I think eventually um, the educational system will have to follow. I'm not sure of like the adoption of all of this because in light of like the different legislations, the different systems and the different um, different aspects that are at stake, um, but it will eventually have to integrate the educational system because I can speak for Mauritius. I know that Mauritius has started to have some aspects of a digital curriculum. It's not very advanced yet, but they have started having um, some programming at school, uh, some robotics competitions and things like that. So following up on that, because you say that at a certain point, you know, the education system will have to integrate this, you know, this way of, of teaching. So what do you think you could do from the startup scene to facilitate that, I would say? I think it's very challenging for us because if we were a bigger organization and if we had the resources, it would be... Um, it would be great to have like government partnerships, right? To be able to really influence um, the educational system. Unfortunately, we don't. And uh, we're a very small team. There's only three of us and we don't have the resources to pursue these kinds of partnerships right now. And I guess how we try to make the most impact that we can is by trying to reach the maximum number of people and the maximum number of kids and clients and, um, also following up on the learning uh, journey that they have with us and assessing our impact in the long run. But would you envision, let's say, in the in the mid to long term? So, you know, let's imagine you're really growing and you're successful because, you know, now you would be adding to your camps like this, this online version where you could probably also reach people outside Mauritius. Um, would that be a role that you would envision yourself undertaking in terms of, you know, partnering with, with the government and so on, really to, to facilitate this, this change in the education? Yeah, I'd, I'd love to. I think if we're a big enough team and we, if we have the resources to do that, yeah, for sure. I think that's probably the most impactful way of reaching the maximum number of kids. So before we move to the last section of the show, Uh, I'd like to really, you know, give you the floor. Is there, you know, something that you would like to add from, from this conversation that you think this is really what the listeners should take home? I think if you are an entrepreneur or like you would like to be, you are starting out on this journey. I think one thing that I would say would be to launch your product as soon as possible and then iterate from there. Don't wait until it's perfect. But if you're a parent listening in today, I would say start as early as possible and start 
cultivating this curiosity in your kid or your kids, this curiosity about life, about how everything works, and really critically asking questions and not take things for how they are. That's some great advice. Some advice I sure would have loved to have as well <laughs> as a child, because I think it's really key, you know, to not take things as they are, but to question them and to be able to to contribute and, and shape, you know, the environment we want to live in. So thank you so much for that. So people who know my show know that I always end up with these three short questions where I like to have a sneak peek into what my guests are listening to in terms of music or what books they read. So we start now. Question number one, what is the music that you listen to very often these days or what is the book you're reading right now? I love to listen to jazz almost every night. Uh, I listen to a playlist uh, of late night jazz on my Spotify. I think it's a Spotify playlist. Um, a book that I'm reading right now is um, Maybe You Should Talk to Someone. And that's a book by a psychologist uh, who gives a very interesting take on what it feels like for her to be uh, a therapist, but at the same time to go to therapy herself. Interesting. <laughs> I'll let you read more about it if you want to know more. The second question is, um, do you have a, a song, an album, or even a book that was special for you at a specific time in your life? And why? No, I don't know. The one thing that has been really impactful for me over the last few months, since the beginning of the year in Jan, um, has been meditation. I picked it up and really not, I didn't really think through it, but through meditation, I really like learned to cultivate this relationship with myself and be very aware of how I feel, how my body feels. And I've seen tremendous change within myself and the, the people around me. That's really great. I mean, I, I can only, you know, agree with that, <laughs> having practicing meditation as well. My last question is, do you have any recommendation for our listeners in terms of book? A book you would say you absolutely have to read this or even a piece of music? To me, um, I always start my mornings with uh, Sunrise by Nora Jones. Wow. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing all of these um, tips and these this books and music. I'll make sure that uh, they're all in the show notes so our listeners can go back to them and, and listen or even read. Um, it has been really great to talk with you today, Jade. Uh, thank you so much for taking the time and thank you for sharing the work that you and your team are doing at Catapult. And I wish you really even more success and that you can grow and really fulfill your vision. And I hope that we'll stay in touch. Yes. Thank you for having me there. You're welcome. That was episode 15, a conversation with Jade Lee. Jade is an amazing young entrepreneur on a mission to empower future change makers and future leaders to change the status quo. She draws from her experience as an engineer to make this a fun, accessible and impactful experience for children. Do check out her website, catapult.mu and catapult spelled with a K. You'll find the link in the show notes. Thank you so much for tuning in today and listening to this new episode. I appreciate you taking the time. Make sure you sign up for our newsletter so you can stay updated about all our activities 
We also look forward to continue engaging with you on all our social media platforms. Simply follow us on Facebook at Narratives of Purpose, on Instagram at Narratives of Purpose underscore podcast, or even on LinkedIn at Narratives of Purpose podcast. Join me again next week for a new episode from this month's Tech for Good series. This time we will be talking about health technology. I will discuss with a visionary entrepreneur leading the change in the medical transparency of health information. Until then, take care of yourselves, stay well, and stay inspired. This podcast was produced by Tom at Rustic Studios.